0: The Around the League podcast has great body language.
2: This is the Around the League podcast, and I've just got one question to ask.
3: Will Chris Chris Wessling eat his softball? It's looking like it!
2: I'm Greg (laughs) Rosenthal alongside Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling... And, oh, look who is in the studio for the first time as a dad. Dan Hanses, what are you doing here?
4: I am not done with my marathon paternity leave yet. However, I will say this. I had to come in today because I need to know that. What is that question again, T.D.?
3: Will Chris Wessling eat his softball pants?
4: Well, Chris
5: Wessling? I think anyone who has ever commuted commuted to work, uh, you have days where... It's all green lights, and you don't have a care in the world. You just cruise on into work. And then there are days where there are red lights. You're stuck there two times in a row through the red light, especially in L.A. You can feel the stress building. Yes. Mm-hmm. You can't get rid of it. Today, this morning as I was coming in, my Twitter mentions had already set a record for most <laughs> mentions in a morning. Uh, and they were there were some very creative and thoughtful and uh, a few jabs here and there, but very fun. Today was a weird day. I got every red light, but as soon as I started to feel the stress coming on, it just immediately turned green. Mm, mm. And then, like at the last one, it turned green, and uh, and uh, John Prine kicked onto my music playlist, and mm-hmm. I was just in a beautiful spot.
4: And I feel okay. like that's
5: a metaphor for the Browns' quarterback situation. It appears that Brian Hoyer will start opening. Day. Oh, it sure does.
4: The the coach announced. That's it, the didn't red it?
5: light. Yeah, but the green light is. I've got a Sessler. There's probably an injury coming up in the next. Oh,
4: God. oh, oh, my oh God. now <laughs> that is just a terrible. thing for, to for
2: any new listeners to the podcast, and there should be some out there. We're picking them up each week. Chris Wesseling said way back in May <laughs> or June sometime that he would eat a pair of his softball pants if Brian Hoyer was starting over a healthy Johnny Manziel in week one. And week after week, he's been defiant, indignant that this atrocity could ever happen. And here today, Wednesday, August 20th, <laughs> Mike Pettin announced Brian Hoyer, week one starter. Mark, you're the Browns fan in the room. How do you feel when you heard the news?
4: There's a, you, By the way, there's a tension in the room right now. Yes. I came in, I'm only in here for 10, 15 minutes, and I'm going back to my wife, Emily and son Jack, I'm looking forward to seeing them again. But I need to just sort this out because Wes, there's heat. Mark, visibly uncomfortable next to Wes right now, I just got to (laughs) say.
3: I don't know about that. I I think you got to be honest. Anyone in the city of Cleveland that felt any, uh, you know, shock of hope when they three months ago, just three months ago, picked up what was meant to be the franchise quarterback and three months later I mean, it's a worst-case scenario, not because Brian Hoyer's a bad guy or something, but because your rookie quarterback, when there are five other rookies who look ready for prime time, Johnny Manziel looks completely unprepared to play in the two games we've seen. And Bang, and, you know, yep. they, they mentioned today that he may be essentially red-shirted this year.
2: You, you said it was a disaster a little bit. Just as a Browns fan, you felt like a disaster. But sure. don't we want to think about... Manziel in the long range? I mean, is this that big a deal that he's not the weak one guy?
3: I don't – in the long range, I actually think the worst thing that could have happened in a way is roll him out against Pittsburgh and then the Saints have him get massacred and then have to go to Brian So isn't this good then? I I don't think either situation's good. What's good would have been Manziel (laughs) has blown us away in two (laughs) preseason games. He's what we thought he'd be. He's the reason Chris made – that bet way back then with some surety, no, but he isn't that Hoyer,
5: guy. Hoyer was the reason I made the bet.
3: Well, you also – well, you, but you also expressed some faith that they yes. went out and got a playmaker in Manziel. Right. That's what I'm talking about. That's the about.
4: frustration, I would think, on Wes's part, is Wes did have it right it, by all appearances – what we've seen from Hoyer, which has not been good. It's not been and good. And Wes basically said Hoyer is who who we thought he was. He's a backup, second- or third-string guy. He played like that in the preseasons, and the Browns still gave him the job. So this is there are some parallels when I lost all those sandwiches on Johnny Manziel and the Cowboys where mm-hmm. I felt like I made the right call. It just somehow got taken away oh, from me. And me that's what's happening to Wes right now. He it, knows what it's like for life to be unfair. Red lights everywhere.
5: It is. As I told Greg and Mark <laughs> yesterday before any of this happened, I feel like – I had this entire scenario correct, except for the part that Johnny Menzel has played absolutely horribly. Right. Well, that's a big accept, though. That's half of the equation. It's you, not half of the equation. If we go back to the tape, it, it all started with me foaming at the mouth over America forgetting who Brian Hoyer was. It didn't start you, over Johnny Manziel. You were very high on Manziel in the pre-draft
3: process and The softball and pants
5: never would have gotten involved if it was just about how well Manziel was going to do. It was well, all about Brian Hoyer. So it has
3: to be a little bit about Manziel because you never, no man uh, as smart as you would bet on Cleveland's quarterback situation in general. Without the sense that someone has arrived to remove all the chaos that's been attached Mm. to that for 25 years, it's a little bit about Manziel. Right,
5: but the softball pants pants come out when there is outrage over the entire country getting a story wrong. For instance, people saying a couple of years ago that Jake Ballard, the Patriots, stole him from the Giants (laughs) even though his knee was ruined. (laughs) Or people acting like Brian Hoyer is a high-quality NFL starter. That's when the outrage comes. Well, you—
2: there was a lot of heat, as Dan is alluding to, at the desk, and maybe it's dissipated by now. At no, one point, you did try to make the case that you were a hundred percent right about this softball. Uh, I did
5: not make the case. I never. You, you put hundred percent in my mouth. I never said that. I thought you said you were. You were. No. Told you felt. I like- said the scenario played out exactly how I thought it would, except for. And I use the phrase Johnny Manziel has sucked. I mean, I think Wesley was taking a
3: jab at himself there to some degree, too.
2: What about on Monday night? What were you thinking when you were watching Manziel Hoyer? We haven't even talked about that game
3: yet. I was thinking turn the
2: TV off.
5: Yeah. (laughs) Hoyer left an opening, and Manziel was awful.
4: The big loser, by the way. Wes, substantially a loser, potentially, because his health is in danger now. Because we know how dangerous polyester, nylon, uh, zipper, other composite parts can be to your insides. Mark. Also, potentially a loser here because this is not exactly how I'm sure Browns fans. And I think back to that guy, the YouTube clip of the Browns fan in that bar in Cleveland on draft night, breaking down and breaking down to tears, crying with tears of joy mm. over Manziel and how finally everything was taken care of. And right now, it's it's it looks muddled as ever. Their quarterback situation. Let's, we shouldn't get too crazy about this, by the uh, way. It's, it's a preseason. If but.
3: it's the Browns, I promise you that we'll see both of them, and we'll probably see Rex Grossman, too. You know what's great about it, though? Is <laughs> okay. when well, I, that's how it's played. I was called at 525
2: this morning with this news from our news desk. David Ealy uh, wanted to let me know. They had you know broken the story. Mark was already up writing it. He was at work at 444 a.m., according to his email. And... <laughs> The first thing I thought about was Wes. It wasn't about the Browns <laughs> right. or what, how it could change the AFC North. I was like, "Oh my God, Wes is going to eat his softball pants." How, how are we? How Go long ahead. did it take you to think about it? Wasn't that the first thing you thought about? It,
4: immediately, of course, because we're so plugged into the softball. We've been talking about this for months and months. And my my first thought was I started to move on. I moved on. Forget about the NFL end of it. I was like, "How do we move this forward?" With how is Wes going to actually eat these pants? But it's not technically over yet.
3: Well, and a lot of people complain that the Browns, you know, when they put it out on Twitter, should have announced. Browns announced Chris Wessling will eat a <laughs> softball pants. Don't we? The, the quarterback scenario is always muddled, and that's second that's secondary here.
2: We got a lot of really ga- great tweets, some good photoshopping of West digging, <laughs> digging into pants. Mark, you've actually reached out, literally, to a, a Food Network celebrity to help us. Yeah, well, it's
3: by, you know, you live in L.A. and you you have all sorts of friends, but we are friends with uh, a woman that won Food Network Celebrity Star Show. Her name's Artie. She is an outrageously good uh, Indian cook. And I've tweeted at her. I have not heard back because this is a complex well, request. But it's a, I said, "Help us cook these things up." And it's
4: funny too because Greg's wife, Emika, also a chef, but she washed her hands of this months ago. She wisely. said she didn't want to be involved with this.
2: Yeah, you know we have a daughter, and uh, <laughs> she said I can barely have the energy to cook for our daughter sometimes or us. There's no way I'm cooking up softball pants for your goofy friends. So, what? all right, West, let like me that, before I'd I
4: go because I got to get going because I do have this family to get back to. But I want to ask you, if your Sessler, which I hope your Sessler is wrong, you know, we don't want the guy to get hurt. Well, look, I'd
5: rather be alive and witness the Brian Hoyer injury (laughs) than dead and
4: he's healthy. All right, if Hoyer gets through the game unscathed and he does start in Pittsburgh, you're going to eat some softball pants, right?
5: In in some fashion, yes. Okay,
4: that's good. You're a man of your word. And uh, I I feel like I I can relate with you because of the Manziel on draft Mm. day thing a little bit. Only – I, my life's not a danger. Yours is.
5: Yeah. I, in some fashion, it will be done.
2: You're I'm not <laughs> promising that
5: zippers will go down my throat or yeah, that the elastic band will go down my throat. I'm not sure about that. You know how Wes – we know Wes
2: is desperate. He said he was also rooting potentially for a Manziel injury because technically the bet was that <laughs> it was only over a healthy
5: Manzel. And I said now, that's against wait. the spirit of now the Now that rule. it's been announced, okay, I will not – I will okay. I will bow to that. That even if Johnny gets injured from here on
4: out. <laughs> you I was going to say this this has been such a painful moment for Wes that he's turned into like a Philadelphia Eagles sports fan in the <laughs> 1990s.
2: I wish I wish we could have had I wish That's we could have uh, rec- I wish we could have TD by our desks earlier today cuz Damashek got involved. There was a, there was a lot of back and forth. Uh, it, was
4: it was heated.
3: Yeah, it it got a little heated it for got a while. It heated. Yeah, that's what happens, though. That's why we even have this podcast, because it's a. Uh,
4: yeah, I can I go now? Yeah, Yes. By please. Wes, <laughs> wait. I'm, so I'm sorry that this is working out Just this way for you.
3: In 10 seconds, Jack,
2: yeah. a description of Jack in 10 seconds. Jack 11.
4: Carson hands this. By the way, Carson has nothing to do with Carson Palmer, but it is funny. And there were a lot Carson of tweets daily. Yeah, it was Carson Dell, yes, the MTV VJ. Uh There were a lot of tweets comparing Colt, um, Mark's child, and Carson mine. Mm. Uh, of course, Carson Palmer, superior as a quarterback to Colt McCoy. Just, well, yeah, you know. by
3: the way, we don't know that yet. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Colt McCoy's career not over I was yet. asked if I
5: was going to have a child and name him Blaine <laughs> <laughs> Uh
4: No, it's great. Everything is great. It's great to have a son. And, and before we let
2: you go, TD wants one word.
4: One question, and not to get too deep here. I hear a lot from... He is mine. That, well, that's that. <laughs> like, glad to know. I hear a lot of people that when you have that first kid, you totally become a different man. So, for you, when was that moment? Was it when you know <laughs> your wife went into labor? Was it when you first saw your kid? When you first held your kid? When your kid first came home? What the, was that moment for you where your life completely changed? You there was. An I will say this uh, without too, getting too gooey and sentimental. The one of the, the first night in the hospital when I was laying on the uh, horribly uncomfortable couch. Uh, and I had young Jack on my chest You know, they connected Oh wow, this is now, this is showtime This is, showtime. This is my son yeah. That was a great moment um, I don't know if I've completely changed as a man just yet But uh, maybe that's that's what this process is Over the next week or so
3: <laughs> Damn, or, or the rest of your life or that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to end.
4: Yeah. Next week <laughs> going. I don't know what's happening. You
3: aren't in
2: the wood yet. It's out of the woods yet, buddy. Dan, thank you for stopping by on this momentous day in Around the League podcast history. You gave, us, gave me some chills there with that story. Well, I, I right love it. And week.
4: by the way, good job by Greg. Uh, successfully predicted that one of the best feelings ever also is getting home from mm-hmm. the hospital for the first time. That was true as well. Fatherhood's good. Wes, don't die. I love you. And I'll see you guys uh, very soon. Carry on. well. All Bye. right. Thanks Bye-bye. for coming in, Dan. So Dan hands us leaving the studio right now.
2: And we forgot we got a big show here today. But quickly, let's do a little bit of news first, TD.
4: If you smile, what The Rock is
5: cooking. <laughs> the Rock is going to cook up my softball pants? Oh. I didn't even option. put that like all that. together. I hit
4: up The Rock, you know, we go way <laughs> back and uh, – he sent a little message for you. If
5: you what The Rock is cooking. All right. I
2: thought that was a SummerSlam reference. See? I know what's going yeah, on I'm in the world. Old. I'm
4: too old to watch WWE. Yeah, it I was, was WWF too... when I still watched
2: I was too old when I was 14 or so. Yeah. Give me a break. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the news angle of Johnny Manziel before we move on. Just for a minute, Mike Pettin announced today, of course, that Brian Hoyer was going to be the starter for Week 1. He also indicated that Johnny Manziel would not be coming in as a quote-unquote package player. It sounded like they didn't want to take him off the bench. They didn't want Hoyer um, to feel like he had a short leash. When do we think Johnny Manziel is going to be on the field?
3: I don't buy that for a minute, and I'll tell Mm -hmm. you why. Because I think by halftime of the first game against Pittsburgh, they're going to realize they have a deficiency at that position and they're going to have to use everything they can to surprise opponents. What can the Cleveland Browns do to surprise a good a good defense? I'd be shocked if Hoyer is still the quarterback after the week four bye. I would too. Agreed. I, I think we all kind of feel that that bye is a natural time to make that shift. That's
2: why other than you know Chris's internal organs, I don't think this is a huge deal because we all think he's going to be out there in week five. So, you know, it's week five, week one. This will give them a little extra time. It's a
5: huge deal, and then there was some sentiment that the Browns could uh, be a very competitive team, upwards of five hundred, and make some noise in the AFC North, and mm-hmm. now they have Brian Hoyer starting the season after a very abysmal preseason, and Johnny Manziel looks like he's not going to be ready even after a week four bye, you wouldn't think he's going to be an asset. And
3: one thing about this is, is, is a rookie, it depends what system you come into, because and I think we all think Kyle Shanahan is a good play caller. Historically, that's true. But he's got a tough system yes. for a guy like Manziel. You come from Texas A&M where you've got two-word play calls, and they're talking about 18-word play calls. And we saw on Monday night that he struggled with that, even in that interview with Gruden. And then there's Andrew Hawkins and other people coming out today talking to Aditi Kinkabala from NFL Media saying that, Listen, it's understandable, but he, we have to, in the huddle, actually sometimes even work with him to finish the play call. That's, that, he's not ready. That's it.
2: I mean, Pettin said before training camp started, the battle is Manziel versus the playbook, and I think he lost it, at least in the short term. For a couple of weeks, he lost it. And one telling quote I thought from Manziel today, quote, I didn't necessarily feel like I was ready, and I felt like there's steps I still needed to take. I mean, if you have a quarterback saying you don't feel like he's ready, maybe the coach has picked up on that, too, and there's no need to force it. That's why I, I have no problem with them making the move. It's a little disappointing as a football fan, but I, I have no problem with it.
5: I thought the most telling quote was when he was saying, if anyone saw me in my first year and a half at Texas A&M, you could tell that I was terrible. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> true. And he drew out the word terrible and said, yeah. look, I was not ready to hit the field, and he said, I'm confident that, in you know, within that amount of time in the NFL, I'll be I'll be ready for this.
3: I think if if Cleveland made a mistake here, if you really want to, if you, in terms of roster preparation, because these other quarterbacks, these this Matt Castle Bridge quarterback situation, if we really didn't know what Hoyer was going to be, if you're the Cleveland front office just hoping he's healthy, you needed to go out and get a better veteran to to bridge this gap. They didn't do that.
2: Yeah, I I totally agree. Um, Hoyer, of course, tore his ACL last year. Unfortunately, one of our favorite players in the league, at least mine, Darnell Dockett, uh, tore his ACL this week, placed on injured reserve. Quickly, before we get to our, our AFC uh, preview today, they placed Dockett on injured reserve on Wednesday. Does this, you know, take out the Cardinals as an interesting either team of ATL or even a playoff team? I, I have them in the playoffs right now. Do you think this changes their outlook?
5: I didn't think they were going to the playoffs anyway because I had already thought they lost too much from the front seven. Mm. And Daryl Washington and Carlos Dansby, now they lose Dockett. Bill Smith, one of our researchers here at NFL Network, came up with a great stat that the Cardinals defense, which was number one in the NFL last year against the run, gave up about 3.4 carries, 3.4 yards, uh, yards per carry against the run with Dockett in the lineup and 4.5 and when he was on the sidelines. The run defense is going to be in big trouble this year, I think.
3: I do think they have an offense that uh has gained power over the off season and is coached by one of the better minds uh as a play caller that we have in Bruce Arians but you know back when you guys were debating whether it isn't a team of ATL because you lose just Daryl Washington out of the gate I I was sort of on Greg's side now I'm at the point mm. where it's it's a tough this team's going to be scored on I still
2: like them as a potential team of ATL because I like Bruce Arians. I like the offense, and I just like the idea of the Cardinals being good and feisty in that division. They're a team I, I want to root for, and that's how I see the team of ATL. I'm not feeling too good about having them number five in my power poll a week ago. I would definitely knock them down a few pegs. What, what are your thoughts of Cardinals on the team of ATL? I mean, do you agree with Mark? You're, you're out. I
5: would send them to the Elimination Chamber.
2: So, all right, that gets us into it. The Elimination Chamber. We're going to preview the AFC today. <laughs> we're going to give you all of our predictions of what teams are going to the playoffs and our power pull. And while we do that, we're also going to start eliminating teams from the Team of ATL discussion. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
2: that was rough. And every t- every time we knock them out, we're going to, you know, the three count. I don't know what they call that. What do they call that, TD.
5: You got it right, the three count. Three count? Yeah, the
2: three count. You know. You've been pinned. we a
5: wrestling theme today. They've, so been,
2: they've been eliminated. and So we're going to go through each team and eliminate uh, some potential teams of ATL. And it, again, if you're a new listener and you weren't with us last year, we chose the Carolina Panthers as the team of the Around the League podcast. That wasn't up until week five, first time we've ever done it. We're going to try to choose a team this year that we root for before the season. So right before week one. Not happening. We need a unanimous choice, so that could be difficult. We're going to vote on it officially on the Wednesday podcast right before the season starts. Hopefully we'll have a team of ATL then. We'll see what happens. It's really just a team that we like to root for. Not, not our pick to win the Super Bowl, just a, a fun team we want to back.
5: So it is allowed to go into the regular season if we can't agree
2: on it. If there's no unanimous pick, that's just how it's going to go. That would
3: also suggest that we're waiting for a more organic team to come to us. Which I feel like should have been the case all along. If
2: we can get a team before week one, a lot of the fans want that. I think that's fine if we can all agree on one. If not, so be it. We obviously want Dan to be back in the mix. He will be then, and so he'll be involved. But we're going to go ahead and eliminate some teams without him. And let's start with the AFC East. Do any of these teams— interest you enough that they could be a team of atl well the patriots are the only good team here right but they could be interesting team. we don't think they any could it could
5: be interesting but you can't pick the team of atl as the team that wins its division every year for a decade
3: yeah i, w- I would say the patriots like, i mean come on right that's forget me- the patriots yeah uh, beyond that i mean i by proxy i uh feel like Dan would throw the Jets out there. I think that's a tough choice for me because their hey, offense is guess so what? dull. Hey,
2: what? what? not not with with me the the room. i not not to to the. the
5: it's, no, like, it's like you I'm in this
2: over my dead body. The Jets. You know, i i bit a little bit of a little bit of Patriots over the years because I like a lot of a but i of not making the this Jets. This may
3: the. the toughest division of all to look of find a team for this a team would this contest. Well, we I'd we don't, say no.
2: this we're we to save some time here. Why don't we just eliminate this entire division? It's easy. They're gone. Agree? I agree. of <laughs> a Wow, that, that was quick. Counted out the whole division just like that. Let's get into these teams, though. We, we look at the Patriots, uh, and we rank them in our overall power poll this year as the number four team overall, number five overall, and second in the AFC. Do we think they've closed the gap at all with Denver?
5: Yes. You do? Yes, because yes. I thought last playoffs, Denver was far and away. Hmm. the best team in the AFC. The only reason the Patriots were where they were was because they didn't face any real competition. They faced a very depleted Colts roster to get into that game.
3: Yeah, I mean, you know, the Patriots offensively, when they had Gronk down the stretch before he was injured, were as good as any team with down that side of the ball. They got they go out and get Darrell Revis. You know, the Broncos got tougher on defense, but the Patriots countered. I mean, and you've got Tom Brady, who I, I think none of us are ready to write off, as some are. That sounds outrageous <laughs> to me. Of course they've closed the gap because wow. they're the best coach team in football, too. Look, I agree with you, but I'm a
2: homer. I think when you look at the Broncos on paper, they added a lot on offense. The Patriots really just swapped out cornerbacks, and it was an upgrade for no, Darrell no. Revis. They're getting back a lot of injured players.
5: And all their wide receivers, who were so unreliable throughout the early part of last year— have another year in the system with, with, Tom, with Tom Brady is very important.
2: You wrote up our uh, AFC East, East predictions and our preview on the Around the League website. Those are going to go up on Thursday. Chris, what what do you think is the biggest concern for the Patriots?
5: I think you could start with the, in, the guys who are coming back from injuries. Rob Gronkowski is so important to their offense. It's a concern that we haven't seen him actually in preseason yet. Vince Wilfork, who uh, my sources, uh, a.k.a. Greg Rosenthal, told me, <laughs> was not even playing that well before he ruptured his Achilles last year. Right. He's coming back. He's 32, 33 years old. Dominic Easley, their first-round pick, coming off of ACL surgery. These are all their concerns, I think. Defensive tackle is a, is a problem spot.
2: I'm a little worried as a Patriots fan. Every year that they're expected to do really well, and granted, this is on a scale of— Wait, that's every year? Well— but it's different. Some years, they're a little more under the radar in terms of people don't think they're really going to be a Super Bowl team. Like last year going into the year, people, for whatever reason, didn't think that. 2010, uh, when I, what I think was their best team since 2007, that was a year a lot of people predicted they wouldn't even make the playoffs because uh, they had a ton of turnover. Gronk and Hernandez were rookies. No one knew they were going to be good.
3: I don't know, Wes. I enjoy great. Greg spending a minute plus of this podcast painting a sad story picture for oh, Patriots that's what fans. <laughs> all I'm saying is,
2: whenever they're expected to be good and they look really good on paper defensively this year, and overall it makes sense that they're a strong number two in the AFC and their division stinks, I think, they, I think the AFC stinks. That's usually when it doesn't go as well. That's all I'm saying. I, you're you're doubting well, my... no,
3: I think one reason that there's that there's not that necessary uh caution here is that they have for as long as any team played in a division that refuses to put anyone else up as a challenger and really. You look around the AFC East, we've just eliminated them all from contention, <laughs> and there's a good reason for that.
2: Well, from rooting for them, you don't give any of these teams a chance to make the playoffs?
3: The only one that's a wild card for me personally, and, and it may be illogical, is is Miami because I don't think their defense is a disaster. It can hold its own, and we w- I want to see what the offense can do with Bill Lazor. I think it's, an, it's an, a scheme change that's interesting. The Jets, uh, there's issues in the secondary, and I don't trust... I don't trust uh, the quarterback situation there. And the Bills, E.J. Manuel, I mean, it's like the, the rest of the team is talented, but that is a sticking point.
2: I, I, after I did all my research and just decided how I was going to predict things, I started to think that the Patriots are just as lucky to be in the AFC East as the Colts are to be in the AFC South. And it wouldn't surprise me if the Dolphins, Jets, and Bills are three of the worst teams in the entire NFL.
5: Well, let's move on to one of these teams with actual concerns that the Patriots don't have. What? Well, let's hear it. one we're, of them. We're let's talking move on about to the Jets. I think if you talk about the Jets, Mark hit on it. Their secondary, which Rex Ryan insists is not a concern, even though it's by far the worst secondary he's ever coached.
3: And then I don't trust Geno Smith, and I've seen no reason why I should trust him. I mean, you need you don't need three cornerbacks in today's league. You need five or six that you can trust. I mean, right now they've got. They're talking about Kyle Wilson's breakout season <laughs> only because everyone else they've touted is down. Kyle Wilson got burned deep by Mohamed Sanu.
5: That's hard to do. They, they also don't have any pass rush. They,
2: I think it was a football outsider stat, created fewer hurries and pressures last year when they just rushed four compared to any team in the league. And when you look at their roster, it makes sense. You have a great, great Great defensive line. That's why the Jets have a chance to win eight games is Mohammed Wilkerson and Sheldon Richardson and big snacks. But those guys aren't pass rushers. They're unbelievable run stuffers. They're good at pushing the pocket, especially Wilkerson. But this isn't a team that has anyone coming from the outside and rushing.
5: And how do you manufacture that rush when you can't rely on your cornerbacks?
2: Hmm. There I, you go.
5: I don't think you can. In
2: Miami, do we think – that there's any friskiness possible here because Ryan Tannehill is ready for a third-year breakout.
5: I think that's possible, and I agree with Mark. I'm very intrigued by Bill Lazor's offense. Uh, I think with me, their questions start with the offensive line, which is being rebuilt but got worked over by Gerald McCoy last week, and this has been a problem for a while. I, I just don't know about I don't know about that whole team,
3: really. And, and and behind that line, you know, they're counting on Lamar Miller to be their version of LaShawn McCoy if they're going to run the Eagles-centric offense. And, I, you know, I, I, from what I've seen, yes, he's he's got athletic abilities. There's no question about that. But I'm not sure about him as a featured back yet. Another question, Mark.
2: The Bills have a talented roster. and yet Do they? I think they do. They have Marcel Darius. They have a lot of talented players on their defensive line. Mario Williams... They've lost Kiko Lonzo and Jairus Byrd. of Two course. Two of
5: their top five talents they've lost. I like
2: their left tackle, Cordy Glenn, if he gets back on the field. Sammy Watkins. I, I like their receiver group. I don't think it's a terrible team. I would no. take that roster over the Dolphins roster. It's a- the I would Jets take roster. the Dolphins
5: roster because they don't have a sinkhole at quarterback. <laughs> Are
2: we giving up on e- EJ Manuel already?
5: I am. I don't think I was ever in on him, but, yes, I'm giving
3: up He's on him. He's a tough watch.
2: Mark, you have the Bills in last place. You have them well behind uh, the Dolphins and Jets in your power poll.
3: They are going to, and I'm not. this is not a commentary on Sammy Watkins, who has got a great future, but I think they went high giving away a number one pick. That's going to be uh, an interesting selection for Cleveland next uh, May.
2: It's crazy how down we all are on the Bills. We all had them in last place. Our power poll had the Patriots winning the division, going away. The Dolphins actually... Our consensus, if you add them all up, the Dolphins were our number two team in the division. They were 24th overall, so still not very high. Jets at 26, Bills at 29, and so basically when you add up what we thought, the AFC East is going to be one of the worst divisions in the league and they have to play the NFC North out of division when they play out of conference. I think there could be a lot of losses there and a lot of, a lot of chances for the Lions and the Vikings and the Bears and the Packers to make hay against this AFC East. Let's talk about a more exciting division, your AFC North, Mark Sessler. Do you, do you think there is a heavy favorite in this division?
3: I think there uh, there is an increasingly heavy favorite. I, it's not it, this is this is going to be a rough division where I don't think the winner is going to come out with 13 wins. It's going to be more like a 10 and six type winner, and I see that as the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think we all do. It's- I mean, there's just they've done too much on both sides of the. Wall. The Pittsburgh a couple years ago looked like they were ready to maybe slowly nosedive into a decline phase. And I think that the front office deserves some credit for what they've done. It, that's not the case at all. And in fact, they've gained ground. I think on the other teams in the division.
2: I never would have thought in February that we would all pick the Steelers to win the division. It's weird we agreed so much, and we have them as the number six team overall in our preseason power poll. We're we're
5: drinking the Steelers Kool Aid, which means they should probably be a team of ATL. Ooh. Well, they have exciting players. Mark has been fired up about Dree Archer and his four-two-six speed. Ryan Shazier looks like a cheetah playing linebacker. They've got
2: some fun guys to watch. They they definitely are not getting eliminated today. We're gonna decide next week who the team of ATL is, or in a couple weeks, and we're gonna carry these teams over. If any of us want to carry the team over, we're gonna do it. I want to carry the Steelers over. West does. Mark, you, you at least think they're going to be good.
3: I do. I, I've discussed this with Wes many times. I am not going to, if I had my choice, I would not veto them, but I will not vote for them either because I have a soul. Hmm. But, I but would it has not to be le- unanimous. It, so that's it's, you
2: are vetoing them. You at least have to make look, a stand. We can get
3: into it later, but they okay. go on to the next round.
2: Okay. So they're gonna they're going to move on. Chris and I have the Ravens in the playoffs. And the around the league team if you add up all our picks has the Ravens in the playoffs really as the sixth seed so I think the argument here is that the offensive line gets better that the offense really gets better from in terms of being a sinkhole last year to being average or even a little above average
5: I'm buying into the offensive turnaround I I think they lead the NFL in preseason rushing average behind this offensive line and they have yet to give up a sack now it's preseason numbers. It doesn't mean a whole lot, but there are signs there. Ray Rice looks quicker. Bernard Pierce looks good. I think Steve Smith still has a lot left in the tank. And I think this Gary Kubiak offense really fits Joe Flacco well.
3: Yeah, I went with Cincy over Baltimore in, as my as a playoff team. They got into my, my slot, I think it was fifth or sixth there, a wild card team for sure behind Pittsburgh. And I don't see a lot of difference between – I think it comes down to the last week of the season like it has in the AFC North for a couple years – uh, I just think that Cincinnati, I think we don't want to see them in the playoffs because they produced three of the most boring postseason <laughs> shows in our in our life's history on consecutive Saturday afternoons, I believe, and they've gone defunct each time. And Baltimore could could outshine them, but since he does have a lot of talent, it's hard to look at that, that team and say, oh, here's a real dark spot that's going to keep them out.
2: I think just the law... Of, I don't know. I, there's something about that team playing in that division. It's a, a lot of tough games that we've bagged on Andy Dalton for so long that I I guess I believe it. Even though Hugh Jackson's there, even though he's playing well in the preseason, ultimately I think he's the third best quarterback in that division, and I think it shows up
4: that they, they don't Jackson, win enough games in the division.
3: Here's the one problem for Cincinnati long term is – the, Dalton's gonna have his third offensive coordinator in as many years when Hugh Jackson becomes the coach of the Cowboys next off season.
2: Ooh. So you think they're gonna have a big offensive explosion if Hugh Jackson gets that job? I
3: think he's going to be rightly seen as a guy. <laughs>
2: yeah. Like,
3: I think he's gonna he's gonna do a lot for this offense. I think he's I think a lot of us think he's an upgrade over Gruden. I think he's an, an uh, sort of an underrated play caller. History
5: is working against the Bengals as a team that lost three straight playoff openers, I think there might only be one team in NFL history that's ever gone back a fourth time after doing
2: that.
3: Could the Bengals be, in a sense, average enough to do that, though, a fourth time?
2: <laughs> could they be the most average team in there NFL? Been well, a it's slightly above the average most average
3: teams. playoff entry of all time. They could be.
2: The, de- the defense <laughs> has been great year after year, and no one's talked about whether it's going to hurt them if Mike Zimmer leaves. I think that's a big loss. I mean, Mike Zimmer's, huge loss. Mike Zimmer's yep. gone, and he's really... Cooked up some great performances out of that secondary. Uh, you know, they love their rookie, Denard, their first-round pick. But I don't know. When you look at the talent in the back end, it's not that exciting. You got Vontez Burfecht, who signed an, a big contract extension reportedly on Wednesday. He's good. But if you look at the back seven, to me, it's not that impressive. I like uh, I like that we all agreed on the Bengals. We had them... Just out of the playoffs. So any Bengals fans, it's not like we thought your team stunk. We had them as the number seven team in the AFC. I had them just a little bit lower than that. But overall, uh, we kind of viewed them as a team that was in the top 15 overall and just out of the playoffs. Let's move on to the worst division in football, the AFC South. Do we think the Colts get challenged in any way?
5: I have the other three teams in the division in my bottom five. Maybe if I would have known how the Cleveland quarterback situation played out. You can change it now. Who cares? I might throw Cleveland. Uh, no offense, Mark, but I might throw them into the last spot in my power rankings.
3: I'd have a tough time with that based on what we're seeing from their defense, but it's hard to argue with a whole lot better than that if the quarterback situation is a swarming mess.
2: I like them a lot better. I like Cleveland I like Cleveland as a middle-of-the-pack team. I like them as a 6-7-win type of team. Why not? That
5: defense is Why not? great. I like quarterback. It's, that's what it always comes down to.
2: I think you can win six or seven games with a great defense and a lousy quarterback. We see it. I mean, E.J. Manuel, they won six games last year. I mean, granted, six and ten isn't too exciting, but I think they could win six or seven games with a good coach in and in a really great defense.
3: I agree with Wes's. I had I had the rest of the AFC South below Indianapolis from area 24 on down through 32. And in, in my 24 team was Jacksonville. I think they are going to have a turning point moment this year where they're more like the Cleveland team you're describing. They may not have a perfect situation at quarterback, but they've got a lot of hope and they've got some other moving parts. They're very well coached. I think
2: they, there's a chance in this division for the second place team to make a run at the playoffs. Cause you have such an easy schedule. You're playing the rest of the division. The out of division schedule is not that tough uh, for this division. I think they play the NFC East, which is ideal. So, I don't know, isn't there a chance that one of these teams, the Titans, the Texans, or the Jaguars, get a little lucky and they're in the mix, let's say, in week 14, still competing for a playoff
5: spot? Well, it's so hard because the Texans, for me, would be the obvious choice, but then I'd have to believe that Ryan Fitzpatrick could do that, and I have no belief that he could do that. I would think that Locker is the friskiest quarterback outside of Andrew Luck, but the rest of that roster doesn't really have any stars on it.
3: It's You know, the, the Titans in a weird way remind me of last year's Chargers where we all want to automatically uh, overlook them. I'm not saying they're the same team, but they've got a good coach in Wisenhunt. And, and if Locker stays healthy, they've got some other parts. And again, if the schedule helps them out, we can't get all these right. We're looking at the South. No, we're going we're di- we're
2: to get every single one of them we're,
3: right. We're, we're, writing, Boom. we're writing the South off entirely for the third year in a row. And things change. We're going to be surprised.
2: It hasn't – they haven't – Gotten us wrong, or they haven't made us look stupid in a while. I, I agree that the Titans could be interesting because they have a lot of offensive pieces. I mean, they have a quarterback that has some talent, a good coach. Their offensive line, at least it looks respectable. Should be really good. It should be good, but Levitre wasn't as good as you expect. Roos is a guy they're trying to replace. Uh, you signed Michael Orr for right tackle. I don't know if that's like a gangbusters line. You, you lose Munchak, who is an O-line guy, although I don't know if that ever really translated.
3: Then Zach Mettenberger comes in in week three and Woo! throws for 4,000 yards. Sets the record for most strip sacks.
2: <laughs> what about... With his motion? Well, what about overlooking <laughs> Bortles here? Why can't Blake Well, not the Bortles, Jaguars
3: are going to overlook them, why shouldn't we? I had the Jacksonville Jaguars as my second team.
2: Yeah, that's true. You had them 24th overall, though, so not a huge show of faith. Not burning down society necessarily, <laughs> but... Uh, that's about where I had them, too. And I, I have them as the second-place team in that division as well. I think the Jaguars have a chance. Um, I just don't know if they can score enough points. Like, even if Blake Bortles does start and looks good what are the chances that that equates to more than 17 points a game
5: well he hasn't faced really any blitzes or any first team defenses yet that's a lot different than what he's done and like you said we can see what traits he has and be high on him because he's played well but that doesn't mean he's going to play well against NFL starters when defensive coordinators start scheming against him do we think the Colts are a legit championship contender no, I think they have too many roster holes. And is as, as great as Ryan Grigson was his first year at general manager, this this roster has the same holes it did a couple of years ago.
3: Hmm. I mean, was at one ready, point you were thinking – I was ready to pick them as a Super Bowl team, albeit as, okay, an incomplete one. And we've seen uh, teams with a 32nd-ranked defense go to the Super Bowl in the last seven years. So you don't need to be perfect, but the Colts concern me uh, – they're going to be an, out, I think a very interesting offense, but, but Wesley's right. It's like the holes persist. The same stories I remember writing when they lost to the Ravens two years ago, like that issue still is around in terms of their offensive line in terms of Andrew Luck still running for his life. It's I, how long can that last?
2: Only one of us even put the Colts into the top 10 teams in the NFL. Not a, I mean, there's even though we all think that they could win the division. There wasn't a lot of faith that the Colts are legit at all. They finished behind these teams in our power pool. The Bears, the Ravens, the Eagles, the Chargers, the Cardinals. So we we tend to see the Colts closer to a team like the Redskins and Lions in our power pool than we do the real
5: upper and, echelon. Maybe we're not giving Andrew Luck enough credit. I was just saying the only reason they're that high is because of Andrew Luck. All right, I put them ninth in my power rankings, and it was basically – that much faith in Andrew Luck because the rest of the roster, okay, they're good at tight end and wide receiver, but offensive line, running backs, and a defense that got trampled last year in the playoffs, how are we supposed to be optimistic about that?
2: They're a team uh, that we don't see doing well in terms of going far in the playoffs, but we do, as as a group, pick them to win the division by leaps and bounds. No other team in that division is in our top 25 of our power poll. We have the Jaguars as the second-place team in the AFC South, but deep at 28, Texans as the 30th team in the league, and the Titans as the 31st. So we pretty much agreed on burying the AFC South. So let's now that we predicted those two divisions, let's go back into the elimination chamber. Decide on uh, if any of these teams we want to consider as the team... Of around the league, in the AFC South, do you guys want to throw out any teams that that you at least
3: want to push forward for a week? I would like to save the Colts. Okay, I would save the Colts. God, it's hard to save anyone else in that division. I wouldn't mind talking about the Jaguars. I, to I me, they would be a either. fun team to root for. I could go. I want, I don't want to. Let's let's move them forward another week. Yeah, why can enough? we save the Texans for clowny and what purposes?
5: No. That's well, it. you can if if you want to put them forward. You, I would like to save the Texans for a
2: little bit. They, they, as long they, as you don't no eliminate, as long as, as you don't
3: eliminate other teams based on bad quarterback play. Yeah, I don't play.
2: know because there's no chance that they're going right, to be right. the team. Right on.
3: All right, let's get them out of there. Texans if, forget you. What if Case you. Keenum takes over? Well, I and I think you and I are closer to being Keenumites than others. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> let's get rid of them. And we almost forgot about the
2: Titans. There's no way we're making no, this titan- vanilla deal. They're you know, gone. That's tough. All right, well, we're moving the Colts forward. We're moving the Jaguars forward. Bortles is taking first-team snaps this week in practice. He is playing with the starters in the third preseason game. I know they've said, and he's the starter, but I feel like there has to be a 5%, 10% chance he's the week one starter or else they wouldn't be doing this. So maybe if Bortles is the week one starter,
3: Jaguars. That's ex- why we keep him alive. Wait, did we, we didn't discuss the north? though? No, about- we're moving on okay. to that next. All
2: right. Let's do uh, the North. I think the
3: Browns,
5: we have to move forward. I think we move the whole. Oh, would, wow. You don't want it. I would get rid of the Browns in a heartbeat after they chose Brian Hoyer as the <laughs> starter. Yeah. But what if
3: Manziel's in there a week in week two? Or what if Manziel becomes the team? Uh, becomes, I've seen enough out of Johnny Manziel. I don't think he's helping them this year.
2: Wow. I like the Browns. Let's at least move them forward a week. Bengals, no way. We're not rooting on the, the team. The bang, no, I got no interest
5: in the Bengals. Let's yeah, get rid of the out. Bengals.
2: Ravens, we think, are going to make the playoffs, but can you really imagine rooting for the Ravens? I can. They have Steve Smith. Really? You want to push them? They're an unlikable team. We're pushing the Jaguars and Browns. Okay, I guess. We're we're being nice.
3: No comment on the Ravens. Yeah, I'll, there's, I'll let Wes have his way. No,
2: there's no chance the Ravens are going to be the team of ATL. The Steelers are going through since we, we like them so much. That brings us to our final division of the day, the AFC West, a division that wasn't really hard to pick first place. Did you guys debate any about second place in terms of the Chargers and the Chiefs? Did you want to give the Chiefs any chance at all?
5: I did not. Uh, after seeing Kelsey look really good and Dwayne Bow look a lot better, maybe I would reconsider. But I think for me, the offensive line is a major, major red flag there.
3: I I had the Chiefs rank 12 spots lower than the Chargers in my power poll. For me, it went Denver uh, San Diego, Kansas City, Oakland, and I think that the Chargers, uh, for me, are a very interesting team in the AFC.
2: The Chargers to me smell like a team of around the league. I'm just gonna say it. Don't they have a good chance? No, Philip. You don't think so? Well, this is you...
3: just going to end up being uh, Wes's team, anyway. No. So you know, I Philip Rivers doesn't excite me. I know
5: you like him, but to me, he's not an exciting quarterback. What about their when defense? They're... Has no stars on it. What to speak of?
2: Oh, I don't know if you've uh, met the guy named Corey legit a lot of Jersey sales for that guy. <laughs> Come on, I, I get it together. An interesting team. I would push them on for sure. A lot of people. Yeah, we have to push them forward. I mean, we put them in the top, uh, I think eight teams overall in our power pool. We were very high on the chargers, almost a consensus that they were going to make the playoffs. Only one of us had them out of the playoffs, which, which was surprising to me. And that was Kevin Patra. Uh, the Chargers are going to move forward. Do we think there's any chance that they challenge the Broncos in this division? No. They who played the Broncos better than anyone last year, the Chargers. No.
3: Not over the course of if you're talking about winning and ending with a better record against when they when the NFC West is the other team that they have to That is the how yes,
2: the standings will be determined by I mean, wins and losses again.
3: Well, no, then no. I mean, can <laughs> they go one can they beat them once in the season like they did last year? Sure. Yeah, there's but, no reason to manufacture some kind of debate here. That's fair. Pagano,
2: for whatever reason, the Broncos' three worst offensive performances until the Super Bowl, yardage-wise, was against the Chargers. All three. So they had good plans for them. And if we see the Chargers as a team that's clearly the number five seed, which is what our consensus is, to me, I mean, they should be in the mix. It's a very tough out-of-division schedule with the NFC uh
5: What did West? Pagano's defenses do against the other teams in the league?
2: Not very good, at least not go. until December. That defense is confusing to me. I don't know why it was so bad, but there aren't, like you said, a lot of stars there. Are we thinking the Chiefs are going to sink to the bottom of the NFL or just sink to mediocrity?
5: I think mediocrity. I think they have, they have uh, a really good front seven on defense. Alex Smith is solid. They, I feel like their weapons should be a little bit better this year.
3: They could be if you wanted to go from worst to first. Right in the middle of the pack it could be Kansas City. Right around eight and eight.
2: I think even if they are an eight and eight type of team, at least compared to what they were last. I think they were only an eight and eight team last year. That's the thing. They got lucky. They were. They not, got
3: extreme. Everything lucky. went right.
2: They were nine and zero with the easiest schedule possible. They had the second fewest adjusted games lost out of starters, uh, according to Football Outsiders. And that, that basically means they had great injury luck. They were really healthy all year. And they were not a good team down the stretch. They were 2-6 and six with a lousy defense. I think they could sink past the middle. I had them as the 24th team in the league. I just think they're like a 6-7 or seven win team. And even though that... Win total is giving Andy Reid some credit that he'll just cook up some magic.
3: They're a stra- if they, for instance, lost Jamal Charles, then then it, they're a, it. they're a four-win team. I mean they're they're that kind of built where the, you don't see the other parts there.
2: I could see Alex Smith playing well and them going seven and nine. Like if Alex Smith regressed, I they could be a four or five win type of team with th- this schedule and this division. Is there any chance they slip behind uh, your Oakland Raiders,
5: Wes? No chance. <laughs> Nobody, yeah, no, no team has a possibility to slip behind the Raiders when <laughs> the Raiders see Matt Schaub every day in practice. They have to know the arm's not there, and they still continue to trot him out at quarterback, and it's
3: a, it's a charade. I could not agree more because <laughs> Oakland, to me, is really, really taking it to their fan base when you're continuing to roll out this PR campaign about Matt Schaub. They
5: have given their fan base a collective
2: wedgie. I, I think they are coming to terms we talked about last show of what Schaub is, and that's a guy that can't throw deep at all. And now they're trying to coach around him,
5: and that's just a losing proposition. Coach around him with what? <laughs> by well, Ian had throwing this short passes. Ian was in their camp the other day, and he was told by them, NFL media insider Ian Rappaport was told, we are going to use a good offensive line and running game to hide Matt Schaub's limitations and coach him up and adjust the play calling. I don't know if they've seen the running game and offensive line in the preseason. <laughs> it's nonexistent. Right. You know don't what, have the parts to do
2: this. You know what's crazy? You know what's the most interesting position to me on the entire team is wide receiver. And what do you have there? A bunch of guys who can run down the field other than Rod Streeter. I mean, you have Denarius Moore. You have Andre Holmes, who's got some speed. You have James Jones, maybe not a burner, and yet there's really not anyone to get them the ball on the outside. This isn't a bad – they have enough weapons with Michael Rivera to have a halfway decent passing attack.
3: You know when they started (laughs) to make some plays? Right, without a quarterback. (laughs) They started to make some plays when Derek Carr was throwing the football.
2: He got a little lucky. But I I think, yeah, what's the over-under for when Derek Carr starts? Uh, Week two.
3: Yeah. Stop. uh, No, no, it is for real.
2: They paid him too much money. They're going to keep it. No, they didn't.
5: Look, these
3: weirder things have happened. I don't think you understand how done Matt Schaub is. And, and <laughs> consider this. Forget money. This coaching staff doesn't need to worry about money. They're not going to have jobs themselves if they, if they float this season the way last year went. Well, that, that's the tricky They're part. They're already done. Their coaching, staff and GM. They got to go.
2: Reggie McKenzie They gotta go. Reggie McKenzie needed to hit home runs with the few drafts
5: that he's had. He just does not have a lot of time. He should be canned just for what he's done at quarterback since he's been hired. So drafted Tyler Wilson in the fourth round. Signed Matt Flynn as a starter, then cut him after one start, and then traded for a washed-up matchup. I think he inherited the worst uh,
2: depth chart situation that any GM's inherited in the last. 5 or 6 years. He, could he had turn a it really around. tough That is absolutely true. Absolutely
5: okay. true. And he has exacerbated
2: the problem. I I tend to agree. He's a media favorite. I think he He's cars, a nice guy. Right.
3: He also drafted Carr and if Carr comes in yep, and shows progress true. then that that storyline changes true. and he did find someone. I'll grant you that, yeah.
2: Well, the Raiders were the team we agreed on the most in our power poll. All four of us that voted had them either as the 31st or the 32nd team in the league. So by consensus, we have the Raiders as the very worst team in the league. Uh, the Chiefs, you guys basically saw as a middle-of-the-pack team. I had them a little lower. Overall, they ended up uh, 18th on our power poll, so that's about a 7-9 and nine record. We like the Chargers going to the playoffs, and we like them as a top-10 team. So this is a legit team that can not only compete in the AFC West or in the AFC, but can maybe beat the 49ers in one of those non conference games. You know, that can beat the Cardinals and Rams because they're going to have to do that to be a top 10 team. And then we have the Broncos as our AFC favorites, fourth overall uh, in our power pole, so not as good as the NFC teams. But I guess by our predictions, we have the Broncos going back to the Super Bowl. We do. I don't agree with that. I'm putting the Patriots back in.
5: What? Well, I- Teaser. They have to be the heavy, heavy favorites to be meeting again in the conference championship game.
2: Right. It's weird that there is some serious. It looks like there's separation again in the in the AFC. I, I'm going to pick the same Super Bowl I've picked the last few years, but we'll we'll hold on that until the next show. Let's finally get back in the elimination chamber. Who should we move forward and who should we advance? Let's start about the Broncos. Is there any way we consider the Broncos as a team of ATL? You can't
3: come on. I right. don't
5: think so. They're too much favorites. Yeah, you're too you're
2: too good. Broncos, you're done. I'll just even get through with it. Raiders. You're out. Sure. And uh, the Chiefs. No. No. Not good. Sure. And I'm pushing the Chargers forward, and uh, they're one of my couple of favorites. That's if if I had to pick uh, two or three teams, they're definitely in that group. I, I like the Chargers. So we'll, we'll decide on the team of ATL in a couple weeks. We've moved those guys forward. We're going to preview the NFC on Friday. We're going to do our fantasy preview, our, our long awaited fantasy preview. So long awaited, most people will have done their fantasy drafts by the time they <laughs> listen to it. Next Good thing. Next Wednesday will be our fantasy show. Any final thoughts uh, on a momentous day for you, Chris?
5: No, no, no final thoughts. <laughs> we we want to get out of here. We're not
3: going to let you perish.
5: No. Well, I feel like we can turn this into a, a celebration, a gala, if you will. Oh, I like that. We could invite chefs in. We could we could make this maybe. a very
3: safe experience. How about this happens on the Food Network? It yeah.
5: could be. They could make these softball pants into a dish that maybe you guys will even want to try. Ooh. I would try it. I would try it. You as know, long as it doesn't have
2: meat for, in it. for solidarity, maybe we should all go down eating some softball pants.
3: I'll eat a vegan Portion of softball pants being fried up or cooked or put in a suit. Make sure none of the zipper parts getting your meal. Maybe,
2: maybe I can get Emeka, my wife, into the spirit. I like this. Who, who knows? All right. For Mark Sessler, Chris Wesseling, Dan Hansis, thanks for stopping by. And TD behind the glass, I'm Greg Rosenthal. We'll see you Friday.
3: Daddy got to get home and babysit
2: not a babysit one if it's your baby I,
3: people always tell me that i totally disagree it's just <laughs> absolutely not true
0: <laughs> you go into your shower feeling tired but as soon as you reach for the irish spring your day immediately gets better that crisp fresh unmistakable irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses so when you finally emerge from the shower